It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, it's Philip Ross and Reich. It's time for another Mock Draft Friday. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Twitter space. Welcome to those watching or listening, however you are. It's time for another Mock Draft Friday. It's time to do another Mock Draft. We got the number one pick, so I want to know who you're taking. We're going to maybe not do a full Mock Draft this time. I want your case for each guy to be the number one pick in this upcoming NBA Draft. NBA Draft Lottery is just two weeks away. Let's hit it with another Mock Draft Friday. Are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. with the first pick in the draft. Hello again, everyone. My name is Philip Rossenreich, the host uh, of Locked On Magic, as well as the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. It is Friday. That means it's time for another Mock Draft Friday. I did a quick tankathon spin this afternoon, and the Magic got the first pick in the draft, which is always fun to, to do. You don't want to waste too many of those, obviously, because um, we want the good results on May 17th, uh, uh, of course. Um, so really what I want to do, instead of doing a, a straight mock-off, just sort of the idea and the the, the kind of premise or the, the gimmick that I'm using to have these Twitter spaces and, and try and elicit some conversation and elicit some interaction. Um, since the Magic have the first pick in the draft, I want to do kind of a prospect by prospect. There's really three guys. Um, if you want to include Jay Nivey in there, um, feel free to make that case too. Um, there's really three guys that the Magic should that, that that would go with the first pick in this year's draft. Um, I'm not here to maybe sort through who the Magic would take. Uh, I think we're getting closer and closer to where we need to kind of have an understanding. Well, maybe we're not at that point yet because we've got a long way to go before the NBA draft. Um, but I want to turn the floor over to those who are in the Twitter space right now. Um, who would you take if the Orlando Magic had the first overall pick uh, in the NBA draft? So feel free to raise your hand. Feel free to... Um, comment. Uh, I'm still getting used to Twitter spaces, so I apologize if I don't know the full um, capacity or full uh, usage of this tool that we have to, to interact. I want to know from you guys, I see you guys in the room, who would you take with the first pick in the NBA draft? Let's start with the Blue and White Ignite podcast. Uh, I will add him as a speaker there. Um, as he's connecting, we'll, we'll hear what he has to say. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. It's a happy it's a happy Friday. Well, it's, it's my Sunday. I, I start my work week tomorrow, but um, uh, I'm doing good. Um, we're, we're getting close to the NBA draft lottery, so we're running out of time to do these mock drafts. But I, 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 the question at bar: Who are you taking with the first overall pick if it lands with the Magic? Um, it's probably going to be an unpopular pick, but honestly, um, I'd probably go with Shane Sharp. Oh, really? Uh, That's not one of the three guys I had. <laughs> um, I know it's not a popular pick, but I got to see his highlights recently, and I think if the Magic are really um, if they're trying to see like who really fits the best on this team, I think it would be him, especially at the guard position, his shooting, what he could, what he could potentially bring to the team. Um, obviously, if 
it translates to the NBA. I think it would be a great pick for us. I know like a lot of people are going to say Paolo or Jabari or Chet, and they're all they're honestly all great picks. You can't go wrong with any uh, pick in the top five, in my opinion. But I think Shaden Sharp would be a great addition to this team. And yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Um, I think that's 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 you know that's certainly an an out there pick. Uh, you know, definitely not one of the three guys I had. Um, you know, Shaden, look for those that don't know, Shaden Sharp would have been. Um, would have been probably the top pick in this draft if he had played at, at Kentucky. So I don't, I don't think you're crazy here. Um, I think it would shock everyone in the room if that's what the Magic did. Um, I've gotten a lot of when when I posted the the mock draft uh, or the the Tankathon spin on on Twitter. Um, I had at least two or three people say the Magic should trade back and trade out of that number one pick. And and I always kind of warn when you're trading the number one pick, there's a reason you're trading the number one pick. It means that the players aren't that good. So the question is. Who's trying to trade up to get him? I saw one person suggest that, yeah, maybe the Magic should trade the top overall pick for Donovan Mitchell, and, and maybe that's a discussion we can have um, in, in this space as well. But, um, you know, I agree with you. Shaden Sharp does check off a lot of the boxes that I think the Magic like. Uh, I think he checks off a lot of the boxes um, for things that this Magic team needs. Um, you know, again, the reason why, uh, you know, and I would love to hear from the from the Ben Caro bunch. Um, I, haven't, I haven't come up with my, with my hashtag, hashtags for that yet. Um, I love to hear from people who who like Paolo Bancaro because right now, um, if I had the number one pick, I'd be taking Paolo Bancaro. But and, and the big reason why is not necessarily that I think he's, um, I think he has the potential to be the best player in this draft. But um, I, I think the reason is because he is a a, a scorer. He is a guy that's going to take, um, who, who can take the take the ball at the end of a game uh, and finish and and be a guy who um, can you can build your offense around. You can kind of you can kind of. Um, build everything around and dump the ball to and get a basket. Shane Sharp is very much that guy. And and, and to add that, I've watched a little video on him. I, I, again, I admit I am still kind of catching up on some of these players. Um, Sharp is a big dude. Um, he checks all the boxes off of the magic. He's got the length. He's got the wing, got the wingspan. Um, you know, he, he plays big around the basket. He can finish with toughness around the rim. He's got three NBA three point range. Um, I saw him, I saw some highlights of him comfortably taking, you know, logo threes, some 30 foot threes. Um, and so I do agree that uh, as far as guards, you know, Magic haven't had a guard like that in a while. Um, I do, I, I'm not afraid to take a guard in this draft. Um, you know, there's, you know, again, no one I'm super married to in that backcourt. Um, I like Markel Fultz. It's not that I don't like the guys the Magic have. I like Markel Fultz. I like Jalen Suggs. I like Cole Anthony. Uh, but the question is, do, or do you have a guy that you can really build around? And again, I am a big believer of in this draft, um, in, in any draft, especially when you have a high draft pick, you take the best player available and you figure the rest out later. You can play sharp maybe a little bit at the three. Um, you're going to have some good defenders behind him to help out. Um, you can, you know, bringing him back, you know, taking especially a guy like sharp, uh, whether it's the first pick or whether it's later in the draft. I, I personally, you know, when I've done my mock drafts, when I've done some of these, th these things, I've taken Sharp ahead of a lot of guys. I, I'd be willing to say I'd take Sharp probably as high as four if I'm the Orlando Magic. So I, I don't think you're crazy to say that Sharp is exactly what the Magic need. He's a guy that can attack off the dribble, can can shoot three pointers off the dribble, and obviously that's that's really really important. And, and again, I think what what you know again the the premise of this you know doing a mock draft, kind of asking this question, is to kind of build up this idea and this profile of of what the magic need. Um, you know, if you, if you want to jump back in and, and kind of add to that, what else do you, do you see in, in sharp? I don't know if you're still, oh, sorry. Um, yeah. no, 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 you're, you're all good. I see the defensive potential as well. Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, like 
I know Markel wouldn't be seen as a, like a great defensive player on the team, but that doesn't mean he doesn't play good defense. And I kind of see that with Shaden Sharp as well. Like he hustles for the ball, kind of like Jalen Suggs. We want more like dogs on this court for us. For sure. Go ball out and, and hustle for this team. You know, I really, I really love what all the other players in this draft can bring. And I know a lot of people like Jay and Ivy as well, but he also reminds me of Markel Fultz. And then it's like, okay, well, how many people are we going to keep drafting that look alike the same players? that look like the same players we currently already have on the team. So that's why I thought Shaden Sharp was a great pick. You know, like just seeing, um, it's great to get everyone's reactions, but uh, I, I would just take him with the first pick. But um, I feel like he just brings a lot of intangible things that you really can't teach, especially at that young of an age. He's 18. I, I don't, I'm not too sure if he's turning 19 this year, but I think he's so young and you could build off that momentum that he's already um Gauging around the league, you know, all, a lot of teams are interested in him. They're tracking his highlights and everything, his workouts, pre-draft workouts, and I think it's only going to continue to grow. And I think if the Magic get on that, if they really, if they believe that he's the guy that we need, you know, I I would have no problem with them taking him as the first overall pick. Yeah, uh, you know, just just kind of just kind of just kind of building off of that, then, uh, you know, because I I agree with you completely there that you know, again, I'm a big believer in the draft go get your guy. Um, if it's an unconventional pick, go get your guy. I mean, everyone laughed at Phoenix for taking Cameron Johnson. That's turned out to be a really important pick for that team as they, they grew into title contenders. People laugh at them for taking, taking Jalen Smith and yeah, it didn't work out in Phoenix, but look at how he played when he finally got some playing time in Indiana. Like they, they definitely know something, you know, I think about how Utah went out and got Donovan Mitchell. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do think the magic throughout their history, even, um, have been a little bit too content to, to stick with the pick that they have, um, not trust their scouting, not make sure they go get the guy that they want. Um, you know, again, in the draft, it's more important to get the guy that you want. And, and if you think the guy's really going to be that good, um, go out and grab him, do what you got to do to get him. But uh, I'll, I'll ask you this question, just kind of building off of, off of all that, you know, all the things you see in Shaden Sharp, among the three guys that are widely considered to be um, – the top picks in this upcoming draft, who do you see as filling the needs that the Magic have the most? I would go with uh, Jabari, Jabari Smith Jr. I think he's a great prospect. If, like him and Paolo are like almost identical in a sense, but I think during the uh, during the college season, like overall, I think he was just more consistent. In my opinion, I think just Paolo, during the tournament, he got a lot of more people interested in his game. But I think from the very beginning, Smith Jr. just had that. Uh, he he really was great from beginning to end, more consistent, if you will. Um, so I would go with Jabari Smith Jr. But you, you really can't go wrong with either Paolo or Chet as well. And uh, yeah, I would go with Jabari. I think uh, I think a lot of people are, are in that same boat with you with Jabari. I, I'm leaning more toward Paolo at the moment, um, but you know I, I agree with you there. Jabari had a very consistent season. Obviously, gives the Magic a, a shooter, which which they desperately need. Um, and, and I think he could fit in well. I think his floor is a lot higher than than Paolo, if that makes sense. I think I you know I I, I think about a little bit sometimes about miss rate with with NBA draft prospects. If Jabari Smith isn't a star player, he's still going to be a really good three and D wing. He's still going to be a really good three and D power forward. I've I've taken to comparing him to Rashard Lewis um, in a lot of ways, both Seattle Rashard Lewis and Orlando Rashard Lewis, um, and and that's just that's frankly a really good player. Rashard Lewis was really good for the Orlando Magic. Um, appreciate you jumping on jumping on here. Let's take 
a quick break so I can tell you a little bit about Built Bar. Summer is coming, and if you've been outside, you probably think summer is already here. Built Bars are the perfect snap to ta- snack to take you with you on your family vacations or wherever you go outside. Throw them in your bag and your kid's backpack, and you will make sure you have a healthy snack with a ton of protein to get you through your day and get you through those hot summer days especially. All Built Bars are covered in 1% real chocolate, so keep them somewhere nice and cool so they don't melt. Um, and that means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. If It's not enough that they have just 140 calories in most flavors. They come in great flavors. You can get a, mix, a mixed box with 12 different flavors of bars and puffs. Their marshmallow version, which is also absolutely delicious. Built Bar makes sure there's something in there for everyone. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has almost double of all of that. Go to Built.com to get all of your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. anyone else have any thoughts on who they would take with the number one pick in the draft? Should the magic um, end up, end up with the number one pick? Um, figure out how to do this. Um, if, if anyone wants to jump in and provide their thoughts, obviously we had kind of an off the wall pick with uh Shaden sharp. Um, again, a lot of, uh, there's definitely a good argument for it. I think if you can get a little bit over the fact that he hasn't played in here, I think, the only thing really keeping Shaden Sharp from that number one uh, pick conversation, because I do agree he is super talented. The only thing keeping him from that conversation, I think, is that he hasn't played in a year. It's been a full season since they've seen him, since anyone's seen him play. The only tape you have of him is against AAU and high school guys, which is obviously not the college level. So I think that's going to be the only thing scaring teams off. But I do think that he's going to end up being um, one of those top six guys. Um, I, you know, like like our like the like our listener said. Um, I think that anywhere the magic land in this draft, whether it's, whether it's one or six, they're going to get someone that's going to help them and contribute to this team. Again, I, I, my top six right now is, uh, in no order, Paolo, Jabari, Chet, uh, Jaden Ivey, Shaden Sharp, and Ben Matherin. I'm comfortable taking all six of those guys. And obviously I think some guys will be a lot better than others. Um, but I'm very, uh, and Keegan Murray. So, you know, again, there's, 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 there's more on that too. 
Um, that I'm very comfortable taking anyone in this draft. Obviously, I think the top guys are, I think there's a top three that separated themselves. I think Shaden is in that next group behind them, uh, along with Jaden Ivey. And again, a lot of it's just, you just don't know how he'll react to the increased competition. Um, but I, I, again, I think the Magic are in a really good spot to get a good player in this draft. But obviously, the number one pick is the number one pick. So I'm going to turn it back to some of you. We have Shaden Sharp off the board. Tell me who you would take with the number one overall pick if you are the Orlando Magic. And again, I think this is going to get us to some of the team needs that the Magic have um, and anything else. So if you're in the Twitter space right now, um, go ahead and raise your hand. Uh, jump jump on in and 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 have a conversation. That's that's what I'm here to do. And obviously, I'll answer any other Magic questions you have because I, I I do agree um, do agree there as well that it's not just about it's not just about adding a adding a player. It's it's also about making them fit into the system. So um, connecting here with uh, with our next speaker. Um, how, how's it going, man? Yeah, good, Joe. How you going? I'm I'm going. I'm doing good. How, Good. So who, who are you taking with the first overall pick for the Orlando Magic? I think I think if the Magic get the number one pick, I, I think they would take Chet. He just seems like the prototypical Orlando Magic player. I, I read somewhere that they said that, you know, if Orlando could design a player in the lab, this is the kind of player that they would, you know, he's got the length, he's got the outside shot, um, you know, he's, he's Bamba 2.0, I guess, which scares a lot of people off. And you know, Giannis was skinny when he was drafted. KD was they had worries about him being skinny, and you know these guys can they they can put on a little bit of weight. They can become more durable as their as their career goes on. Um, I do like Shaden Sharp, but I wouldn't take him number one. If Orlando got the number one pick, I think they would be able to trade down and get him if he was the guy that they really wanted. Um, I think they could get him a little bit lower and maybe pick up another asset, but. Um, yeah, if Orlando gets number one, I I think that they're going to take Chet. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of people who feel like Chet is everything to Magic like, uh, especially this Jeff Weltman, John Hammond front office. Uh, obviously, the length is there. Uh, he's 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 a really impressive player. He's really coordinated for a guy his size. And and yeah, I mean, I think a lot of Magic fans are a little bit scared of him because of the Mobamba comparisons. But there is one big thing that I think is a difference between him and Mobamba. Chet Holmgren is not afraid to take a hit. Um, and, and I do think that having Wendell Carter there, having Jonathan Isaac there, they'll have room protection behind him. They'll have some, you know, kind of bigger dudes to, to guard the Joel Embiid's of the world. I mean, I, I, I think the, the benefit that, that the Magic have of, of bringing in a guy like Chet Holmgren is they won't be asking Chet to carry that load immediately. Um, you, know, you know, barring injuries, barring anything else, I think the Magic are going to be looking for a backup center and free agency anyway. Um, barring any of that, they'll have Wendell Carter to guard um, to guard Joel Embiid, and 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 I've I've kind of theorized that, you know, a lot of what the Magic did this year with Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba um, was a, a test run for for Chet Holmgren. It was kind of a a proof of concept that 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 those lineups could work. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious, what did you think about the way that Wendell and Mo kind of interacted? Is that is that a style of lineup? I mean, I think we're seeing more two big lineups around the league right now. But is that a style of lineup that that can that can carry forward and, and be a foundation for this Magic team? I definitely agree that I think they played those two together because there are so many bigs at the top of this draft and they wanted to see, um, I guess, whether either of them could play alongside another big. Um, I definitely think there was a method to that madness there. And, and look, it did work out pretty well. Both of them played pretty well. Wendell obviously was... 
unbelievable this season, you know. So um, he has proved that he can play alongside another big, um, especially if the other big has got a three-point shot, which which Mo, um, that's one of the parts of the game that he did excel in um, this year. And, you know, everybody wants him to, to play inside more. If he did play inside more, would he have gelled as well with Wendell? I don't know. Um, Wendell started the season shooting pretty hot from from three-point range, but it kind of cooled off as the season went on. So um, I definitely think that was that was part of the reason they played those two guys alongside each other because they saw, you know, what was coming at the top of this draft. And um, if they do get one of those top couple of picks, um, I think they'll be comfortable taking one of the bigs for sure. Yeah, and 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 of, of note too, I, I did the math on this at least uh, at least as much as I could. Wendell Carter played, I think it was something like uh, two th- almost two thirds of his minutes with either Mo Bamba, Mo Wagner, or uh, Robin Lopez on the floor with him. So so Carter, you know, guarded a lot of the big bigger fives in the league, especially when Bamba was in the game. Um, but he he played the majority of his time offensively at the four. So you know, I think I think there is something to like a, a, a minor concern that I have. I know I expressed this on the podcast a few days ago. Um, a minor concern that I have is if you move Wendell Carter to center full time and you start having you know Joel Embiid guard him every night or or, or some of the bigger some of the bigger centers, um, is that going to change his production? You know, I think that he can get over it. I don't think he should be pigeonholed into any one spot. Um, but I do think that is something to consider or something at least to, to ponder a little bit um, as we move into the draft. Now, obviously, like I think the draft, you take what the draft gives you. Like I said, go get the guy you want if you really want a guy. But to some extent that you take what the draft gives you, you know, the Magic would love to have, uh, you know, a, a, maybe a certain type of player. But if that player is not available in this draft, they have to take what the draft gives them. Um, you know, one minor concern I have about Chet Holmgren. Um, is, you know, aside from injury issues, which you can't control, and, and and some of that is his frame, and I think he will put on some muscle. I think that he will get stronger. And, you, you know, he's going to play a certain style. It's going to be very similar to what Christoph Porzingis does. Um, but but one thing that I am a little bit leery of on the Chet Holmgren front is, you know, okay, let's say disaster. Ha- you know, you don't plan for disaster. You don't expect disaster. But there's a better version of what Chet Holmgren coming out in next year's draft. I don't know how much that's going to affect Chet's stock or affect how teams view Chet. But everyone knows that Victor Wembanyama is coming next year. If you haven't watched a video of this kid, um, the hyperbole the hyperbole trains already started on him. I do think he is a better version of Chet Holmgren and does a lot of things that Chet Holmgren does um, a lot better. Um, you know, again, it's a lottery. You can't plan on winning the lottery. If Chet Holmgren's your guy, take him now. Um, but I do wonder if there's going to be some teams that are going to be like, hey. It, there's a better version of Chet Holmgren coming. We don't have to settle for, for him now. We can, you know, maybe see if we get him next year, or if there's another guy on our board, that's very similarly ranked. Is that a guy that I take over him again? That should, that, that shouldn't be how this plays out. Cause Chet Holmgren is very, very good. Um, but I do think that that is something that a lot of teams are going to consider. And a lot of teams are, are going to think about as they enter, enter this draft. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Gonzaga is kind of a weird situation, a weird, weird, um, Weird group. They have a lot of veteran players that I think, you know, again, took some, took some of the, you know, kind of hit a lot of Jalen Suggs flaws, I think, you know, to, to be perfectly honest. I think they hit a little bit of Chet's flaws too. Um, what concerns do you have about Chet Holmgren uh, and how would they be alleviated? Um, I think the main thing is just because obviously Orlando has been so snake bit with injury in the last few years and everybody looks at him and thinks, well, this is another injury risk. But, um, I don't think we should plan 
for the 2023 draft at the moment. I, I mean, I, I can't take another tanking season. I, I think this Orlando team was much better than a record. You know, they had to hold Wendell out because he was contributing too much to winning. You know, they, they had to sit Gary Harris down. They had to sit down, you know, Cole at the end of the season, you know. Um, I, I think this team's a lot better than its record. And, you know, they would they would have to just bench half the guys for half the season in order to get, like, a top three pick next season. So I just... I can't see it happening. Um, so uh, I think we just gotta we just gotta go, you know, with with the best we can get for this season. And um, I think I think the team is is going to be pretty good next season. Like I I think Jay will be back, and um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about it. So um, yeah, I, I think we've got we've got a good group, and um, adding one more to it, and um, we still got a few more draft picks to come down the line from Chicago and Denver, and um, yeah, we will just. Um, take them as they come but yeah I, I think um the Gonzaga connection there it will be good as well if, if Suggs can have a um a good friend on the team you know they guys might bond like like Mo and Cole have as well so yeah it'll add to the the good chemistry that we've seen from the guys this year maybe so yeah um that'd be my thoughts but yeah not not too worried about Chet other than you know just the fact that you know we've been so snake bitten with injuries yeah, and and I don't mean to bring up Vic, Vic, uh, Victor and, and what's coming down the pipe down down the pike to say that the Magic are going to tank. I don't think they're going to tank this year. I think they're going to try and you know get to that. You know, I think thirty wins is kind of the minimum ex- expectation uh, for the upcoming season. Uh, I, I agree completely with that. And um, you know, actually, it's funny. Um, you know, not only are Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren both both went to Gonzaga. They, I think they actually played on the same AAU team in Minnesota. Um, they they grew up around each other, so there's definitely some undeniable. There's a friendship there, undeniably. There's also, I think, an under- uh, there's probably going to be some chemistry there uh, from having played together before. Um, th- thanks a bunch for for hopping in. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you a little bit about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky Derby is back at Churchill Downs. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline. Where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
Um, we've obviously done uh, some Chet Holmgren talk. We've done some surprise shade and sharp talk. Um, so my Jabari Hive, my uh, my Bankero bunch. I, I'm going Chet Hive. So my my uh, Bankero bunch, my Jabari my Jabari Hive. I don't know what I, I don't. Know, I, I, I had I had something for it. Um, let me know why the Magic should take those two guys. Um, you know, again, we're here to 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 talk. I want to hear your your arguments, your case for uh, why the Magic should take um, take Jabari Smith or Paolo Bancaro here in the in the draft. So if, if you want to jump in and make that case, feel free to raise your hand um, and, and, and add to the conversation here. Um, add to the conversation here. We got a request here from Daniel Mortensen. Daniel, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Philip? It's going good. How are you? Doing well. So who, who are you taking with the first pick in the NBA draft? If you're the Orlando magic, I, I think I asked you this last week, but we're going to, we're going to rehash it again. Uh, I would take, Apollo, personally, I said last week that Orlando is probably going to take Jabari. And 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 why why Paolo over Jabari? To the scoring, um, one of the things that I think's kind of been under talked about with Jabari is if you look at his percentages from college, and it could be it's an anomaly. But he shot 42% from three, 43% from two. Um, he had one of the lowest two-point percentages of draft prospects in like a long, 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 long time. I think Paulo brings um, the scoring on the post. I think Paulo, we can, if we get late in the shot clock, we can throw him the ball in the post and he can take care of uh, getting a basket. I think Paulo can also... His passing is very underrated. I think it can lead to a lot of uh, Franz easy layups or Jalen easy layups with their cuts. Wendell getting an alley-oop or a kick out to uh, Franz for threes. Um, so I think a lot, I think his skill sets, what Orlando's been looking for. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's where where I kind of land on the Paolo Jabari debate too. Um, you know, the biggest thing I think the Magic are missing is guys who can just create their own shot. Um, you know, again, I think a lot of Cole's inefficiency is he got asked to create and pick and rolls and create uh, an isolation a lot, a lot more than he's capable of doing. Um, and again, it just throws the whole offense off. I mean, you know, the Magic ran a lot of their offense through Wendell Carter out of the high post, and, and I think a lot of that reason was they just needed someone to kind of initiate and get, get the team moving and, and, and run some movement offense to, to get guys open. It was a constant struggle, I felt like, uh, to get guys open. And so if you have a guy that can get into the paint, can, can kind of score from the mid-range especially, which is, I think, Paolo's um, specialty, uh, I think, you know, if he can score effectively from the mid-range, I think that's one of Cole's issues. He's not really an efficient mid-range shooter yet. Um, I, I think that takes your offense to another level. And obviously I think the biggest thing, you know, uh, uh, you know, again, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier today. Jabari shooting is a big deal. Orlando needs shooters. They need guys who can spread the floor, who can create the space to drive, but sometimes you need a guy that can create from nothing. And I would agree that Jabari wasn't trusted to be, wasn't on Auburn at least, was not the guy who created. He had a lot of stuff created for him. He made those shots. Obviously he had some big moments where he created off the dribble, but I don't think that's necessarily his forte. And that's why I'm leaning toward Paolo because the magic, the number one thing they need is a guy who can create off the dribble, a guy who can be a shot maker. Um, and, and that loosens everything up to as much as shooting, having a guy that teams have to feel like they can double. Who on the magic are you doubling? Um, you know, there's guys you double off of right now for sure, but who are you doubling on this magic team? You know, maybe Wendell Carter in the post, maybe. 
Um, but I, I think I think that's the biggest thing is figuring out how to pull defenses apart. Is you got to figure out how to get the help help rotations to get going and, and find guys open. And obviously, it's going to take any rookie a little bit of time to learn how to make those reads and and learn how to play that play that part of his game. So, uh, you know, again, I wouldn't expect Paolo to come in and completely change the change the franchise. Although he certainly could. Um, but you, you definitely need someone who can create a little bit off the dribble. And I think that's honestly the biggest number one need the Magic have. It's why some Magic fans have gotten into the gotten into discussions about, hey, let's go after Donovan Mitchell. Let's, you know, I've, I've seen a few Magic fans say, why don't the Magic just go chase Zach Levine and try and sign him, which, you know, again, would come with some other issues. But, you know, again, everyone knows this team needs a score. My, fa- my least favorite, but most interesting Magic fact, the Magic have not had a 20-point-per-game score as, as a guard since um, since Steve Francis. And obviously, Paolo Bancaro is not a guard, but they have not had a lot of wing guys who can score 20 points per game. And so that's that's a big, big issue for for Orlando, I think, is to find that guy. Absolutely agree. And I think the other thing is that with Paolo, one of the fun things you can actually do is it can create an alley-oop threat um, for easy buckets because of his passing in the low post and because of the cutting of Suggs and the cutting of Franz. It allow us to get easy buckets that way. Yeah, yeah, and again, it, again, I, I don't think he's a selfish guy at all. I mean, I, I was listening to a, I was listening to the NBA uh, Locked On NBA Draft Big Board um, podcast earlier today from from March from a while back, and you know, a lot of a lot of them were saying, you know, I think Powell is a better passer than he's shown. Um, there's definitely a little bit of Jason Tatum vibes from him. I was not a big Tatum fan coming out of school. Um, I thought that Tatum reminded me a little bit too much of Carmelo Anthony. I wondered what else he could do besides score, but that's also maybe overthinking things. Scoring is the point of the game, and obviously Tatum turned out to be pretty good. Tatum turned to be turned out to be a pretty good player and a pretty good player quickly. Um, you know, I don't think Paolo is necessarily as good as Tatum. I think there are elements of his game that are similar. Um, I think Tatum's a little bit bigger, a little bit more post centric uh, than 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 Tatum was, but he's obviously not like Marvin Bagley, who's just a straight center who can't do much on the perimeter. Paolo, I think, can hit the three better than he's shown. Um, I think being in some an NBA spacing is going to help him out a lot too. So. Um, I do think that that if it were me, again, I'll answer my own question here. If it were me, I would have Paolo Bancaro as my number one pick if I'm the Orlando Magic. Uh, I want to thank you, Daniel, for for jumping on. I'm sorry. Can I ask you a question? Go go for it. I may be overthinking this, but if or if Orlando gets the number one pick, and if they were to take Jabari, does that say anything to the possibility that they actually believe Franz is the guy? Franz is the guy you build the team around because if that was the case, Jabari would make sense to give Franz more space to create and somebody to kick out to if he gets stuck. You know, I, I don't, you know, honestly, I, I think the magic view Franz as a core piece right now. I don't know if they view him necessarily as the guy um, or, or they feel like they're at a stage where they can take the guy. Um, when you, when you have the number one pick, you're taking the best player available. Um, you don't you? You cannot overthink the draft, especially at the top of the draft. Take the guy who's number one on your board, and you can figure out the rest later. I mean, there are plenty of. Te- I mean, unless you are a contending team, like when the Golden State Warriors had the second pick, taking James Wiseman made sense because James Wiseman is not only just a very talented player, but the Warriors needed a center. They were they were set everywhere else. They knew they knew what they kind of liked everywhere else. Um, there was no reason for them to overthink that, and 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 or for them it made sense to take a need. When you're at the top of the draft, you take the best player available. Like we know, Franz works in the role that he was in last year as kind of a secondary, 
ball handler, as a three-point spacer, as a guy who could attack closeouts, that's fine. Um, you know, again, do, should they put the ball in his hands a little bit more? Should they should they have him as an initiator a little bit more? Sure, absolutely. I think that I think that's something the Magic absolutely should have tried to do a little bit more. I was a little, frankly, a little disappointed that we didn't get to that point where Franz was uh, playing like the number one option more often. But at the same time, you know, Franz has shown that he can be really successful playing off other guys. Um, he's a core piece. You want to do things that obviously make his life a little bit easier, a little bit better. Um, honestly, Paolo would too. Paolo would, you know, would be a guy that you could dump the ball into. He attracts a lot of attention. He kicks back out to Franz and now Franz is the three point shooter. I mean, that's the beauty of Franz is I think he's versatile enough to do that. So I I don't think whoever the magic pick, it's not a statement about anyone who's already on the roster. They're, they're taking the best player available because when you look at this roster, like Franz is a keeper, Wendell's a keeper. Those, those are the, really the two core guys that I see on this roster. I think Markel is probably one, but you know, again, I think there's still a lot to prove there. Um, Jonathan Isaac might be one, but obviously there's a lot to prove there. Um, Jalen Suggs is probably one, but again, there's a lot to prove there. Um, this team right now doesn't have very much to build around. And obviously in June, we won't know necessarily where Franz is at in his development. Um, you know, maybe they'll have some inkling. They'll see him in the gym and they'll say, Oh, Franz made a huge leap. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing the Magic are missing is top-end talent. Um, they can't they can't pass on anyone because of a position. Like, they can't pass on Chet Holmgren because they have Wendell Carter. They got to figure out a way to make them work. If Chet, Chet's their number one guy, take Chet, figure out how to make it work, and then make a decision in a couple of years. Um, you know, again, the only guy who I think is at risk because of anyone in the draft is Mo Bamba, and I, I don't think anyone's going to lose sleep if they let Mo Bamba walk in free agency, to be perfectly honest, is... As much as I like Mobamba, as much as 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 well as Mobamba played this year, um, I don't think I don't think the Magic are letting the current roster dictate who they pick. They can make anyone fit right now. They're still just a very unmolded mass of something. Thanks, Bill. No problem. Thank thank you, Daniel. Um, I want to hear from uh, my Jabari Smith crew. Um, if you think the Magic should take Jabari Smith with the number one pick, Daniel made some good arguments for it. Raise your hand. Let us know why you think Jabari Smith should be the number one pick in the draft for the Orlando Magic. He seems to be the consensus pick everywhere else um, for a lot of people. It's him or Chet, it, it feels like. Um, so I want to know uh, from, from anyone in the room right now who thinks Jabari Smith is the number one pick, raise your hand, make your case. I, w- I want to hear what you think about Jabari Smith because it may sound like I don't like Jabari Smith. I like Jabari Smith a lot. Um, you know, Again, I, I compare him a lot to Rashard Lewis. He reminds me, he has the athleticism of Seattle Rashard Lewis and the shooting of Orlando Rashard Lewis which is a pretty good player, if you ask me. Um, people forget just how good Richard Lewis was in both of his main stops in his career. Um, obviously, uh, you know, again, what happens with age, you get old very, very quickly in this league. So if there's any Jabari Smith fans, um, please raise your hand. Let me know why you think the Magic should make Jabari Smith the number one pick in the draft. And if there's no one there, then I will take him off my board and we'll stop talking about him. Uh, anyone want to make the case for Jabari Smith? Just raise your hand and and and, and speak up now or forever hold your peace. Anyone want to, I mean, Daniel obviously made a little bit of an argument. Anyone want to try and make an argument uh, for Jabari Smith or why the Magic should make Jabari Smith the number one pick in the draft? Um, You know, again, no Jabari hate here. We're not, we're not, I'm not hating on Jabari at all. Um, Daniel, it sounds like I'm, it sounds like you're going to have to make this argument for, for, for us here. Okay. This is an easy one. Let's hear it. So for Jabari, 
the easiest and simplest way you can describe it is he is the best pure shooter. His ceiling you can get to would be like a Clay Thompson, a power forward version. He's the best shooter, best uh, defender. He fits cleanest next to Wendell. Um, Chet is obviously a better defender, but Jabari actually can defend fours, threes. He can move around, and Jabari actually gives us the best chance to create our own version of a death lineup if Isaac comes back and is what he used to be. And the best part about it is there is some inklings of Jabari having a kind of a self-creation. The guards he played with at Auburn are terrible. By all accounts. Yeah, they weren't good. There's a lot of people who kind of think Jabari is going to be 25,000 points guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer. So that's pretty much the easy side of the argument. The only downside with Jabari is, is he Chris Middleton? Or can he get to, I'm not saying he'll be Kevin Durant, but can he get to that next level? Yeah, I, I I think that's fair. Um, Daniel, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, let someone else make make the next the next part of the argument uh, for us. Um, John, the legend, I'm adding you in as a speaker here. Um, make the case for for Jabari Smith, my man. Hey man, thanks for having me. I uh, I really like what Daniel said. I love the fact that he can shoot. We've we've not had great shooting seems like in forever, and I just love the fit of Jabari at the four. Uh, we have some good drivers with uh, Markel, with Franz, um, even with Suggs. And I just love the idea of Suggs and Franz uh, kind of getting into the defense and Jabari early on in his career just sitting in the corner knocking down threes. I know one of the biggest knocks on Jabari is that, you know, he doesn't create, but he's also 18 years old. And that's something I think is that's a skill that he could learn over time. Doesn't necessarily need to have it now, but uh, I think he's the best fit in my opinion. Yeah, no, and I, I, th- I think all those arguments, I think the arguments that Daniel made, I think the arguments that you made, they're all completely true. Um, you know, again, I think Jabari has um, uh, the highest floor of the guys that are largely considered the top three. At the very least, he's a three and D guy because I, I do think he can guard threes really well. I think he can guard fours really well. He's got great athleticism. He's got great size. He's got great length. And he's a good three-point shooter already. I, I don't see a reason why that he wouldn't be able to carry that over. Um, I, I think he's the kind of guy that would fit seamlessly into this offense and kind of, and kind of add that boost to it. Um, you know, so uh, again... I'm not a Jabari Smith hater by any means. Um, you know, I think the creation, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, Chet had this problem. I think Jalen had this problem in Gonzaga too. They had veteran guards. And like Daniel said, those guards were not particularly good. Um, they were not particularly good. Um, they they did a really poor job getting him the ball and keeping him involved, knowing that he was the best player. I, I watched a few Auburn games and I was just like, you know, you're, you're strong, you know, they were, they were struggling and I'd be like, Get the ball to your best player, guys. This don't don't make this don't make this too complex. Get it to Jabari. Find a way to get him the ball. Find a way to get him going. Um, you know we know Auburn players play hard. We love how Chumo Kiki plays. I think he is a prototypical Bruce Pearl our Auburn player. Um, you know again, uh, there's there's a couple other hanging others hanging around the NBA. I think too. Um, it, I think Jabari Smith does check off all the boxes. It, it would not surprise me if he's the guy the Magic really really like in this draft. Um, you know again, I, I want to get your take on this, John. Um, do you have you know, concerns from a team building standpoint, if the magic pick Jabari Smith, you know, and, I, and to some extent, you know, as well, Paolo Bancaro, which is again, a guy that I would take to here. Um, 
you know, you have a lot of guys. You have Franz, Isaac, and Chuma, all kind of those big, big threes, you know, stretch four type guys. Is there concern that there's too much duplication of that type of player on the roster? Um, you know, even if that's the best guy that best guy there. I don't think so, man. I think Jabari's different. Like he's he would come in and immediately be our best shooter. Um, you know, Franz is is pretty good. I think he was at what thirty six percent from behind. Three. Some like yeah. Um, you know, his game is a little bit more versatile, uh, which I didn't expect. But great, great uh, surprises here. But I think Franz. Uh, excuse me. I think uh, Jabari. Yeah, his shooting, man. It's just it's something we've been desperate for. Like we. I can't remember the last three-point threat that we've had. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe Richard Lewis is the last one that's like, you know. His name is Ryan Anderson and J.J. Redick. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, 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 it's, no, no. But, I mean, to, to that point, you're right. I mean, like, you know, the Magic have not had a top, uh, an offense in the top half of the league, I think, since Dwight, since Dwight left. Um so, you know, I, I, I think there's something there. You know, I think the Magic this year, they, they, they took the most three-pointers in, in franchise history. I think they were top half of the league in three-point attempts this year. So it's obviously a direction the team wants to go where they're taking more threes. And so to do that, you got to have better three-point shooters. And Jabari Smith is probably among the top guys in this draft, the best shooter in this draft. Um, and so, you know, again, I, I think you're absolutely right. Shooting is at a premium in this league. You don't pass on it. The guys that have found the most success um, quickly in this league are three-point shooters. You know, Desmond Bain should not have dropped as far as he did, um, but he found success because he's a great shooter. Cameron Johnson, another kind of senior guy. Obviously, we're talking about a freshman here in Jabari Smith, but another senior that everyone kind of overlooked, but he is a great three-point shooter. It's a, that, was, that was something he could contribute immediately and step on the court and, and play well. I mean, as Jabari gets comfortable, the one thing that he can do immediately right now is make three point shots and that makes him valuable. That means he's going to play pretty quickly. So, you know, I don't, I don't think you're wrong to prioritize three point shooting. It's odd. You know, the league is still trending in that direction or still taking more threes than ever before. Um, there's no reason to think that that isn't something important and something the magic uh, should be focused on as well. Um, cool. So uh, I, I want to thank John for, for, for speaking first, uh, adding his perspective and thoughts there. On Jabari Smith, we've gone through all the top guys that the Magic would take in this draft. Um, if anyone has anything else they want to add, um, feel free to feel free to do that. Hop, hop on in. Um, I'm going to close Locked On Magic right now. So if you don't know, I also host the Locked On Magic podcast. Um, you can subscribe there on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, all the all the fun places you'll download podcasts. Your podcast enabled listening device. We will not be having a mock draft Friday next Friday, as I'm going to be out of town. Uh, I know the last Friday before the NBA draft. Um, I'll try and do something, do something special on Thursday, although that's gonna be tough too, because I'm flying out on Thursday, but, um, I do appreciate everyone jumping in on the Twitter space and, 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 and going through this exercise of, of doing some mock drafts and talking a little bit about the prospects. Uh, I'm closing up locked on magic, but if you're on the Twitter space, I'm going to hang out here a little bit longer, uh, and answer any magic question that you might have, whether it's about free agency, whether it's about the second round picks, whether it's about stuff later in the draft. Um, I'm, I'm always, I'm always here to answer your questions, obviously on Twitter, but we got this interactive element, um, to, that we have. So I'm going to, I'm going to use that while, while I have you guys as well. But for those listening on Locked on Magic, I do appreciate you all listening and check, check us out. Grab your download podcast. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic.
Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 